Hello and welcome to Dungeoneered, a podcast dedicated to discussing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. Let's do this. So Josh, before we begin, first and foremost, this is a very, very late episode. Thanks to yours truly, Josh. But uh, Wow. You know. <laughs> wow, you just throw my name in there so they think I'm the one? Yours yep, truly means Aaron. <laughs> no, it's actually my fault because I've been moving and doing a bunch of stuff with school. So and it's it's understandable. You're starting school. Corporate. You're you're moving house. Like there's a lot of things going on. Where I think we can all cut him some slack this time, guys. Well, this time yeah, only. Yeah, yeah, you know, just a little bit. But it was funny though because yesterday we were supposed to record, and I get home and get everything set up, and I'm like, I just don't have a mouse. I literally can't access my computer to yep. record. Oh, no. oh, rip me. <laughs> I moved all my stuff. I, I was, was hoping too, I, have, I was even so hoping I, to record because we, I would have had time to record, edit, and then release it that night. That's what I was hoping to I do. Know, and it would have been time. on time. We would have been fine. We would have been on time then. Well, it was funny, too, because I set an entire box aside because I knew that I was going to be in this weird stage of half moved half not moved three mm. fourths moved you know a fourth not moved so yeah. i set up an entire box to put all of my computer stuff and there was two things that i forgot one was the mouse which i don't know how i forgot it but it's just it was just stuffed in one of my boxes and then second the little thing that holds up the microphone arm yeah i brought that with me too so now i have to hold my microphone with my pop filter so that it you know, so that i can actually speak into it mm. <laughs> so rip me but um, to jump into the podcast for our lukewarm open, we were talking about doing some character creation stuff, and I had asked if we had any oh. preferences for who oh, wanted to Oh, one of the things I want to say, I didn't go have time to go through all of our podcast, but I have confirmed in my own brain, 1,000% sure we have created characters in each other's worlds. Have we? Yes. Oh, no. As an actual oh, no. part of Did our podcast. Actually? actual podcast type level it was it was the one where we just sent the whole episode talking about each other's worlds and so we're like well what do we build at this point and i said why don't we just build characters in each other's world because my person was a character from raven rock or raven rook that was like part of the thieves guild slash thing like i 100 remember this because i but i am totally okay doing and building another character in in each other's worlds because I I remember um, I remember us talking a lot about our worlds and like talking about how we created characters, but I don't remember we actually made characters. But mm-hmm. I mean, we probably did. I'm just my memory's terrible when it comes <laughs> to the podcast, so I don't remember. Every time I sit down to do lukewarm open, I'm always like, "What have we done? Did before? I do this already? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. But <laughs> do I take notes? Absolutely not. <laughs> so. But I still think it'd be fun to create characters. It would, and um, I'm still up for it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, so, my question is, do you want to make a character first, and I guide you through the character creation process, or do we want to reverse the roles, and I make a character first, and you guide me through your creation, like your character creation process? Um, as I don't know what world I would build your character opens, in, so this might I would take... say let's start with... What was that? You- as I don't know what world to build your character in, I would say let's start with you, and then I'll pick between episodes where we're going to so you, build your character. So you want to play, you want to make a character first, and I kind of yeah, guide you through that process. As I have two worlds, go, oh, actually, I technically, 
technically have three worlds going on right now. I don't know where I would build your character. How aren't you? You're DMing what two different games? I'm right DMing two now? games, but one of them is like we can see the finish line on the horizon. So whenever yeah, a character, whenever a player is missing for a session, we just say, hey, why don't we play a one shot in the next world? So I technically have three. And at this point, my friend just straight up like pulled me aside and was like, dude, stop saying you, you're doing one shots in this other world. You've played eight sessions in that <laughs> other world. You're playing yeah, that other world. And I'm like, no, you're right. Already using that world. You're right. There's eight <laughs> That's sessions. Good. That's, That's enough good. to say that there's a there's a campaign beginning in that world. How come how come you didn't for your newest newest campaign, the one that you just started with mm-hmm. some of friends that I may know? Yeah. Why didn't you uh do it in that new world? Why did you make a new one just for fun, just for kicks? I love creating worlds and honestly, I'm going to be honest, I was not 100% happy with where that other world was. And I I kind of wanted to try I I am still I think all of us, any any DM that you will ever meet is Hey, Evermeet, I mentioned that city again. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a bad joke. Um, any DM that you will ever meet is constantly growing as a DM and as a person. And so I... Well, except for me, because I'm perfection, but it's understandable. True. Sorry. Guy. Sorry. Except for Aaron. I just repeat lukewarm open topics because I can't remember which ones I've done and which ones I So done. I am still trying to figure out what I think would be an interesting... Like, I, what is a good way to build a world? What is the best way to design a new world? And I, I, before, I don't even know if I can answer that question, to be third honest. And so for my second and fourth worlds, I have made the same freaking mistake. I have put too much on myself too early. Too many things so like that I started need to with like everything all at once and you can't put it together. Yeah, sort of. Um, like I have created a whole, a huge world that has, like, like eighty-two 15, continents, fifteen or sixteen nations. And inside those nations, I wanted to create the governments, the locations, the major NPCs, the culture, the exports, the imports, and the friendships. That is a lot Yikes, of stuff to do man. for sixteen freaking <laughs> nations. That's a big yikes for me, dog. That's a lot to do. I know it is a lot to do, and I overburdened myself with that. And I and I, I regret like, it to this day. Um, but in my new world that I built, I created a small little continent with five nations, each of them thoroughly filled out from all of those things that I wanted, but with these five nations. That's all it is. So each nation has, in, in my notes, has a description. Description of what it is. At the end of that description, I have its main exports. What is it export? And then after that, I have what is it import? Then after that, I just have what the cities are. What are the cities and what is a basic description yeah. of every city in this war in this con in this uh, nation? That's all I have. I don't need anything I mean, else. You gotta yeah, you've gotta make it easy on yourself because I don't know, even like my world. I've been in this, oh man, I've been in this world for forever since high school. So I don't know, 10 years now. Mm-hmm. So even my world, as large as it is, um, 
I still don't have all that stuff done for some of the nations, you know? Yeah. Like, See, I have, I have, I have, I have made, forever. made life easy on myself in this world in a, quite a few ways. And I think the world feels just as rich and full without me doing as much. I have two gods. Yeah, well, I mean. There are two gods. That's it. Oh, There's two, two gods. gods. Oh, man. There's the devil and God, and that's it. There's Jazirian, the the Kawadal god, manifested as a vast rainbow-colored Kawadal, simultaneously winding through the air and forming a circle with his or her tail in his or her mouth. The majority of the inhabitants of Kel- Kalendria see Jazirian as a hermaphroditic and sexless god. That's it. That's the god. The enemy, the evil, is Asmodeus. Everybody knows Asmodeus. Yeah. Looks like a slim, oh, yeah. charismatic, red-skinned humanoid over 13 feet tall with horns on his head and glowing red eyes. That's it. So, Satan. <laughs> it's Satan. It's Satan. Yeah. Now, and that makes ta- it way easier. No, for for if people want to follow something specific, there are saints. The saints are saints of the devil or saints of God. It doesn't really matter. Each of them, there are evil ones, there are good ones. You can follow them as you want. And they are the ones that clerics would follow to have different domains. But even still, they're still technically the followers. Makes it simple for players. Yes, you know. you're still technically a follower of Jazirian. So if you want, you could just be a cleric of Jazirian. You could be just a cleric of God. And it wouldn't really matter who your saint is. You don't even have to have a saint if you don't want to. And so I've just made things incredibly easy on myself in this next world. And I really love that. And I think that's really I don't know. helpful. Because it still feels yeah. just as big and rich of a world, and the story of it is really freaking cool, and I'm so excited to play it, and I might spoil it if you want. But also, I think my story of my world that's way too big and really hard is also really freaking cool, but also, I'm just so exhausted by it. Yeah. And I yeah, think you sit that's down, a- you have to like... You have to force yourself to work on it, and that's not. We're here to yeah. have fun. That's not what we want. We don't want this. Yeah, to and be that's a never struggle. a fun spot. Sorry, I've been on a I mean, rant for I don't a know. few minutes now. No, no, well, <laughs> uh, no, no. It's good. It's good. No, um, I was gonna say like I don't know if I'm thinking about my campaigns so far. My first campaign, I don't know. I liked it, but like there was a lot of room for improvement for me it was like mm-hmm. my first major major campaign and i made a lot of mistakes and yeah. you know the a lot of things that the players in my group didn't enjoy and you know so mm-hmm. it kind of like hampered the experience a little bit the second campaign i've taken a lot of what i've learned in my first campaign and kind of you know helped me um you know direct the game a little bit and i don't know simplicity you know i'm we're stuck in the same nation still you know like we haven't we haven't we haven't done anything outside of the same nation you know so i don't I know mean, simplicity just really have, works but we run back to our home nation we technically have but we run back to our home nation when we're done yeah true true yeah you've been to one other nation where it was literally nothing but yeah there was nothing there because it's hey, the middle of nowhere no, no. we but, found we found some <laughs> portals we did some things Oh, true. Yeah, true. We found another abandoned city that clearly had some bad juju going on. Juju Magumbo, sorry. That's the correct term. 
But even still, it's kind of like I've just chosen a little, like, well, I haven't chosen an area, but, like, you know, you're just in a little area that I've really fleshed out. But, I mean, again, I've been working on this world for, for a very long time, so a lot of the world is already fleshed out. But, like, you know, it's just, I don't know, sometimes it's just easier on the DM. It's easier on the players, too. They don't have to keep track of, like, every individual export and import of a nation, that, and there's 25 well, see, of them, the you know. Thing. Like, it's just, I have, I know? have, I, so I have looked at the YouTuber Jorfdan. Jorfdan, which I believe he, sure wants to, me. he wants the PH to be silent, but I will never call it that. Jorfdan is Jorfdan. <laughs> I don't care if you want it to be Jordan. It's Jorfdan. That's how you spelled it. That's how I will pronounce it until <laughs> I die. Oh, no, Riveroni. <laughs> Jorfdan, which uh, it's hard to say, Jorfdan, um, he, he showed on a live stream of his that he uses a website called Notion. And that's where he does all it. He, he says it revolutionized how he does his building of his worlds and everything. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try it because I've tried like World Anvil. I've tried all these like well-known name brand stuff. And Notion, the funny thing about it is it's a business thing. It's not for world building in any way. It's it is for oh, to have really? a collaborative business document with a bunch of different pages and stuff coming off of it that everyone can update and uh, kind of progress as like, say you have like a bunch of different goals of like, we need to complete this, 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 and this. People can take those little things and say, okay, underneath I have done such, 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 like they can add, everybody can add and replace yeah, and change so things on D &D. these documents. That's so good. I was like, okay, I'm going to try it out. So I have... Uh, since my third campaign, my post-apocalypse world, I have been building on Notion. I love Notion. Notion.so is my favorite. And it just, everybody can add and do whatever well, they so want with I, it too, I create, super great. I create first a document of world. This is the world. This is, if you talked to, to like a civilian... Or even thought in your own brain as you, if you were like born and raised on this continent, you should know these basic facts. So I want you right. to have access to these basic facts. Say you're going to another nation. There are basic facts about that nation you should know from just living on this continent. Or even in this world. Or just like living I know in proximity things, of it. You yeah, know. like I know things about Italy and I know things about, about Germany that... I never went there, but I know these basics because I live right. on this world. So I give them a notion that is specifically built with just basic player knowledge. This is all knowledge of everything in the world that you should know to an extent. There are certain things that like, well, maybe you would need to study on this a little more. So then you'd have to make a role for. But other than that, it should be a notion. And yeah, so this I is the stuff that. that you just experienced day-to-day -day life. It was super easy to do for my first time because it was a post-apocalypse world. So it was one city. So it's major NPCs in that city that you would just know basics about, major groups in that city that you would just know about. And the interesting thing is because I gave that to them, to the players, I also gave them a place that they could put their own little players' notes. So, like, little notes that they would keep as we're playing the game. Some of them added to it, some of them didn't. But it's the same as some would take little notes and some wouldn't. 
I mean, that's like a, I mean, and, it's, and now, it's super awesome to have a tool like that. Now these notes are visible to anybody. Anybody in the campaign could go to this notion and like click on Tristan's notes and be like, oh, Tristan wrote what? Tristan wrote this. Oh, Ted wrote that. And be able to like look at the basic be able info. to see everybody's individual notes. Yeah. It's so good. And the fun thing that they have done that I have not encouraged or said for them to do, they have created a bestiary. So these are we Oh so, wow. Because they have seen they have seen um they they're dealing with like zombies, as I said, like abominations. This is a post-apocalypse world. They have created like different abominations that they had seen. And then there's also like the main big bad guys are what they know as the council. So they're like still trying to figure out which ones are on the council and what aren't. So they have, okay, these are abominations that we know are extremely powerful and even are sentient. Here are the ones we're going to put down. There's this weird rider that we've met. There's the Herald of Jashin. There's Jeron. There's the Rotwalker. We don't know which one of these are like council members versus just well-known or just major bosses and so they put them down and they've actually began to use this even adding to like groups that i have not added for them they have began to add and grow to it and kind of putting their own little notes behind these different things like oh this is pronounced this way this is with and i i just it it, it is become a resource of like Hey, I don't remember this. Let's just go to our notion and look 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 up like what we wrote about it. That's pretty fun too cuz well, I was going to say that like it could like remove the um the joy like a player gets from taking individual notes and being able to like um I don't know, being able to like uh you know, come to a revelation on their own. But at the same time, if everybody looks at their notes and comes to that revelation, it's probably still the same experience. <laughs> it is because it's that one person is the one who was smart enough to remember, right. hey, I think this will be important later on. No, I will say not the the people don't look at other people's notes a lot like that person's notes still feel like their notes and not something that the rest of the players are constantly looking at, because why would you look at? josh's notes every week like why do you think something would change from what you saw two three weeks ago to now so a lot of times those revelations still happen only with that player and then the rest of the players can join in and run over to their notion and be like what did you write oh that makes so much sense now that they like they see it all written down and like it feels like a a group thing like I didn't I'm gonna be honest I didn't look at my notion until I started talking about it like the notion I didn't know they'd started creating a bestiary here I just found this out this moment and I'm assuming I'm and that's really cool to me too right you can like look and yeah because I created the the notion first so I technically have ultimate control over it and like I didn't see that they'd started they even like I, I had started by adding pictures to um to the notion you can add pictures yeah you can add pictures so all of my npcs have a little picture so it has a small picture to show like who they are from far away then if you click on the npc's actual like page it brings you to a page that has their picture much larger and a brief description of them 
That's pretty cool, actually. It is. I it's like that a really lot. nice. I'll, I'll probably uh, share it with you in, in um, just with the link uh, into our Discord, so you can actually look at it. Um, but like, they have added. I don't like, know, like note taking tools. I don't know. I we like. I first of all, I think note taking is like really important in D anD. d At least for. Yeah, I think it's just really fun to do. Um, I, I have a horrible time doing it, though, even though, like, I should do it, and I love doing it. I'm going to say I do I don't not know. I get distracted. <laughs> As a player, I don't do it. As a DM, I rarely do it. I should do it more, especially as a DM, but my brain oh, is man. really good at remembering so many notes stupid facts or facts that are not as important. So, like, yeah, my issue is if I don't take notes as a DM, I get into plot hole troubles. Yes. Where, like, I, I, I weave a story and it just, like, doesn't make any sense. So I've well, got to, like, I will say we <laughs> keep are it all under wraps. Way past the lukewarm open um, time. Oh, yeah. It's already so I should minutes. probably we'll make a say, next week. We'll let's make a cut next it off. Week. I think this is really fun. Use Notion if you want. We're not sponsored. Notion is fantastic. <laughs> Surprise, we're sponsored. No, I'm kidding. We're I not. wish. I, <laughs> I wish. wish. If Notion wants to sponsor us, I will sing its praises to high heaven. I will sing its praises because it is fantastic. Just, yeah, just don't and listen I to the last 10 minutes because that was not that, you know? I <laughs> do want to thank Jorf Dan for showing it to me because I just watched that. Like, I don't know if it was a live stream or a video he made, but he just talked about how he builds his worlds and. It is so good, and I have I have fallen yeah. in love with Notion, and thank you. So, all right, well, let's the do top. the real topic now that we're twenty five minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so this week we're going to talk about somebody that, in all of our Star Wars episodes, I feel like every single one, Aaron has brought this character up, not saying their name, but saying the thing that they created. And so I'm like, no, we're not talking about Uh-oh. that. No, we're not talking about that. But now, Aaron, I don't we remember. are talking about that. I, I, I am not. I am not. This is not ringing a bell at all. Okay. You know, it's just really not. I don't remember. We're going to talk about a well-known hero. Wait, give me a hint. To the give Sith. Me hint. Give me a hint. A well-known hero, hero to, the Sith. to the Sith. Who barely survived their near destruction and reformed the order to make sure it never happens again. Any ideas? Boy. No. Darth? I really don't have any ideas. I mean, if I had to say Darth Vader, but that would probably be wrong. Nope. <laughs> We're talking about Darth Bane. Oh. Darth Bane was the soul... Was born in the darkness. ...was the sole Sith survivor of the destruction of the Brotherhood of Darkness by the Jedi Order. Bane saw the infight. Brotherhood of Man. Darkness is just another name of the Sith at the time that he was alive. Was that their emo phase or something, or what? <laughs> Bane saw the infighting <laughs> yeah. of the Sith before him as ultimately what led to their destruction, and he vowed to find a solution to this darkness. Now, before we jump into that part of the story, we got to talk about Darth Bane's history. Darth Bane was a human from the homeworld of the Sith, which I don't know if you know this, but the Sith are a race in D- in I was going to say in D&D, that's not where it is. The Sith are a race in Star Wars. But by the time that most of us know the world of Star Wars, the Sith have long since stopped being a race. They are 
I mean, if any still live, they're few and far between. But they are a race. What, what is the what is the the Sith race? What what do they look like? It's, they're I'm like red skinned humanoids, I believe. Okay. Um, and yeah, they yeah. were. Is it is Darth Maul supposed to be one of them? Or no, is that no, no, like, no, no, uh, no, 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 something no. different. Darth Maul is something. No, 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 no. He is something completely different. Darth Maul is a. Now you're gonna make me look this up. A Zabrak, I believe that's what it's called. Um, a Dathomirian Zabrak. About Star Wars races. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know much, but I looked up what he was. He's a Dathomirian Zabrak. Um, we could talk about him another time, but I'm on to Darth Bane. Um, the Sith were just a race of humanoids that were incredibly, 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 um, leaning towards the dark side. They, they were born with dark side abilities and dark side kind of, um inclinations inclinations there we go that's the right word like they they were just had a deep connection to the dark side of the force and in the same way there are some races in star wars lore that are born with just like light side inclinations and light side connection built in from birth I'm assuming they have like lore reasons for that, or is it uh, yes. kind of random. You know, I mean, the lore reasons are specifically that the force is the force. <laughs> it's not. It, that is <laughs> the best it, yeah. explanation. Is certain <laughs> thing, certain races have a better connection to the to magic than others. In 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 is the best way to explain it. Um, he was built. He was made and and um born on the Sith homeworld of Moraband. This was after the Sith, as he was born a human. When he was born, the Sith were at the height of their powers. Nearly the same number as the Jedi. They were spread throughout the galaxy with domination over most, but they struggled with infighting, wanting to fight each other over scraps rather than the Jedi for control. This infighting weakened them and used their resources. So when the Jedi did eventually attack, they weren't able to put up as much of a resistance and were nearly eradicated. All but Darth Bane. It is even said that he organized the Sith's defeat in this way, leaving uh, only him tricksy, in power tricksy, tricksy, tricksy. to forcibly reshape the Sith Order to avoid this type of catastrophe. He would not be another opposing force in the Sith, just yelling for, hey, we need to live this way, Sith. No, no, no. He was going to kill them all and start over. Bane knew the Sith Order was created with a failing philosophy. He knew that when he needed to create a new Sith Order, he needed a new philosophy for them to fall under. While keeping the strengths of the Sith still a major part of their tenets. He used the power of Force Bonds to bind and lead the Sith, by these creations being a major part of the new Sith. He created... Aaron's favorite rule, which he's brought up in multiple episodes, the rule of two. Yeah, okay, yeah, I remember now. <laughs> where there must be two, a master and a student. 
It was said there should be only two, no more, no less, one to embody power and one to crave it. This pairing of two created a force bond with Sith Lords and their apprentices and would create incredible power when the time came to break that bond and the apprentice to rise up. Because in this structure... Man, I just feel like... The only way a new... I feel like it's not a wise move. (laughs) The only way a new Sith Master was made was when a Sith Apprentice would destroy their Master. This structure was set up... Was... uh, This structure was to set up a sense of planning and trickery into the Sith's very bloodline. He wanted this philosophy to teach, by its mere existence, the law of always being prepared, and that the best way for success was typically by underhanded action and trickery and deception, not by outright combat. Okay, well now I'm really curious, is there ever like um, a Sith who like broke the rule of two and like... Became the a last, Sith, but didn't like... The last well, I guess Count ones, Dooku in the movies. I was going to say, the last Sith. one to to do to follow the rule of two, supposedly, is Palpatine and Vader. They were the last ones to follow the rule of two. Through these ideas of the rule of two, he hoped to ensure the Sith survivor... Ugh, the Sith's survival, no matter what. Bane also started another plan, this one to weaken the Jedi, lulling them into a false sense of victory and allowing them to grow weak and complacent before striking with incredible force. Bane took on an apprentice, Darth Zana. He began the process of passing his knowledge to his apprentice, teaching her all about his grand plan. The history gets fuzzy here, and the exact details of what transpired are obscured. And that was part of she murdered him, is what you're telling me. Intentional. For it was part of the grand plan in a way. Yes, Aaron. The story seems to be that Zana has taken the steps of the rule of two and she killed Darth Bane. Now, the reason why I say hit the obscure curing of this knowledge was partially part of the grand plan was that the major part of this story that got back to the Republic and to the Jedi was the news of Darth Bane's death and it was spread far and wide eventually reaching the Republic who were incredibly happy believing with this all of their foes were now slain this grand plan was set in motion making the Jedi get complacent while Sith infiltrated over the next thousand years. One of these entrenched Sith that became entrenched because of this grand plan was Grand Chancellor Palpatine, who continued the movement sets in motion by Darth Bane of trickery and manipulation. He set so much in motion from the Clone Wars to being like Revan, making Jedi compromise their ideals, hoping to turn them. But he also used it well, I mean, as we an can't excuse too. to get rid I mean, we, of we the can't Jedi. Too, Darth Jar Jar. 
Now, the rule of two has been used as an explanation for Darth Jar Jar. I will say that. He was the master and the one who pursued it. The one who was his apprentice was Palpatine. That's the idea. Exactly. Yep, exactly. How many, do we know how many, um, like, pairs of Sith there have been since Bane? I could probably figure out. But the thing is, this is a part of history of the Star Wars universe people love. They're always going to create new characters within it. Yep. Oh, there's another new two. There's another two. There's another Master there's and Apprentice. There's another show. Just randomly okay. here now. Um, I will say, Palpatine did so much that he was declared the greatest Sith Lord to come after Darth Bane. Um, he, as I said, set apart making Jedi compromise their ideals in in times of war. That's part of why he started the Clone Wars as he did, hoping to turn them into Sith. But he also used it as an excuse to get rid of the Jedi, as he would make them do things, as I said already, compromising their ideals, but also being enemies to the people. As he did this, he was able to legally call for Order 66, which was the order that killed, that had the clones killing all of the Jedi as they were working with them. Because he had legally said okay, okay. that the Jedi were doing evil things. That is part of what Didn't Darth the, Bane's um, ideas were, were setting in place. Doing, winning victory over the Jedi through trickery and deception. I was going to say, wasn't, um, and I don't, man, I've been, again, I've been in weird Star Wars land on YouTube recently, too. And didn't, like, Palpatine or somebody, like, program, not program the clones, but, like, I guess program, like, certain orders, all these orders into them so that yeah. he could command them uh-huh. when he needed and wanted, right? Yes. Isn't, wasn't that the plan? No, 100%. Yep. That's part of what Order 66 was. But he covered his butt to make him still look like a good guy after doing it because he made the Jedi out to be have done things wrong and deserve being destroyed. Now, like all the greatest Sith Lords, Bane was given a giant tomb. At this time, his was built on his homeworld, Moribond. And he was the last and he was the last Sith Lord to have a tomb built there. Now, this is the story of Darth Bane, the man who destroyed his own side to rebuild it as he saw and build it again as he saw it better. Now, from this, uh, I believe my idea was to create a unifying villain. So some sort of villain that their whole thing is let's get other villains together because we will be a much stronger force against the good people if we work together so you want to create a well let me get so we already have kind of like a a big bad evil guy like a villain guy yeah but we want to create i mean somebody who's going to unite this could be a like a henchman of that villain 
who decides to be like to talk to like actual villains and be like hey you guys are visible villains that the world knows are evil why don't you work on the back end for somebody who is pretending to be good but is actually evil we could also do like a full-on um full-on bane and do like a uh, somebody from the past like a, a a conflict that happened in the past that kind of led to where we are now that could be fun also yeah we haven't really could. talked too much about the past right <laughs> yeah but i'm not certain what i what that would be like what kind of unifying force or what kind of you know evil person would we see in the beginning of the world because what we have we have the beginning of the world where like the gods through their battles and stuff shaped it and made it you know in their art and whatever made it to what they wanted it to be and then they made the city is that kind of what our our plan like our plan is right sorry say it again so we kind of like our history of the world is we have the gods shaped the world based off of like fighting and their art and stuff like that and that kind of created the world as we know it and Mm -hmm. then they made the city right that's kind of what we had yeah do we want to make a figure who like opposed the creation of the city or opposed like i don't know there's a part of me that wants like i mean i'm not against that the I like the idea of some like, sort of god it, of the forest and god of, like, nature that's like, why are we doing this? This is, like, quantifying nature in a way that's, like, trying to, um, like, you treat it as a mathematical formula when it when it is life. Like, why would you quantify life in that way? And, like, they want to fight against almost turning humanity and society into a battery instead of living breathing people and treating them as such do we want to do like a because i'm kind of liking where this is going do we want to do like a reverse bane and do like a group of good people who were like banished or destroyed who were trying to unify but like who were trying to stop the creation of the city and then the gods ousted them Mm -hmm. because it could be interesting my thought is like the gods if i'm trying to think about this logically the gods were like creating their own worshipers and their own followers and our unifying villain or unifying person which which could be the the head of the the um pantheon not the head of the pantheon but the person who's like the head of the uh villains i don't know what to call it like head of the not guilds but like what's the where all the all the gods participate in this gladiatorial arena and stuff like that to gain followers and we have the judge guy who's like overtaker oversees like, i don't everything. think we made taskmaster but i don't think we made a specific name for them but it could be fun if that individual is kind of like that bad guy of history where he unified all the gods together in order to control the races easier and make them like worship and give them power that could be interesting yeah because we don't really have i mean we have a reason obviously because the gods want power but like couldn't they have done something different like couldn't it have been an easier (laughs) like couldn't they have just like you know made their own nations or whatever and called it good Mm. so why like why did they choose to make this city and like a you know 
a place for people to come and watch their spectacle when well, they could just, I, I think we you know. originally thought that they had like during like world creation they had used so much energy up there like we are really weak we got to do some way of replenishing ourselves how do we do that quickly and i think this was the quickest way see my thought is we we kind of stick with that scheme but our unifying villain is the the taskmaster so to speak he for some reason or another like maybe he was like dying or something and he unified them to keep himself alive by siphoning power off everybody and that's he kind of tricked the gods into making this into making this city to help him survive as well not that they didn't want to make this city but like a a way to keep himself th- alive and thriving mm mm-hmm. Like maybe he suffered a horrible wound during world creation, and I always love the idea of like him. Um, surprise enemies. So yeah, I, I love the idea of the Taskmaster being enemy. like an actual surprise m- major villain. Yeah, because I'm thinking like <sighs> during world creation, like he took like a major blow, and like he couldn't, like he could not recover from it. Maybe there's like a. I don't know, like some sort of way that you can kill a god. Maybe there's some weapon that can kill a god, or maybe there's some, um, you know, some mechanism of some sort that can kill a god. Or maybe he like was made a mistake of like keeping his, you know, like his horcruxes, so to speak, on his person when he got hit by whatever you know battle this was, and mm-hmm. it almost killed him. And so, in order to you know, drained all of his power in order to survive. He ended up tricking a bunch of the gods into starting this pantheon and creating, um, you know, creating this city for people to come in and worship. Like maybe, you know, the people that were created by the gods wouldn't worship him because of his, like, you know, his weakened state. So he essentially tricked everybody to siphon their own power with the eventual goal in mind to like take over or something could be fun. Mm. Thoughts. I think it's uh, interesting. I don't, mm, I don't know how far I'd push it to um, like, if I would push it to, um, okay. If, if we want him to be like a major villain, that's somehow behind a lot of this, how, does he know of the other villain? Is he somehow a part of it, or is he completely disconnected from it? Like, well, my thought is, there's a couple things that I thought. If we did, so one, what if like, you know, we talked about how like devils and demons are, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm trying to remember, it feels like it's been forever, but uh, they're like the, did we decide if they were like the, dead bodies of gods is that what we were th- thinking or did we we come up we came up with something else didn't we um they were created from like the blood of gods or something like that so what if he was like what if when he like the wound happened to him he like a lot of his energy was released and destroyed and it ended up creating this extra force or it's like extra you know these creatures and he um was the only god who like knew about it i don't don't know if i want it to be like when he got hurt or whatever but like he's the only god who knew about it and he wanted to harness 
their power, but like the Sith had to wait thousands and thousands of years before they gained strength. And so mm-hmm. maybe his whole plan was he's actually deceiving the villain of the campaign to build and raise this army for him because he doesn't have the power to do so until it's his time to take over, so to speak. So he maybe, like, not revealed it, but, like, you know, there was, like, an accidental discovery or something by this god. But this is all hypothetical. I don't know if I want this. I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing stuff out. Yeah. Now, my biggest question for you would be, one, do you think that it is a... Is this a mid-campaign reveal, or is this a... Your campaign is over... But as you, like, once you've killed the main boss, you find out he was being commanded by someone else. And this is like a, this is a major reveal that leads into a second campaign where you deal with that creature. I'm thinking. You guys are getting too old. Level, like, 15, 16, the party beats the big bad evil guy, okay? And they were tasked to do so by the taskmaster because he didn't want the, the, um not chain of command, but the, you know, the, uh, the system they have in place to be usurped. That's what, that was his reasoning. Cause like, Oh, I mean, you know, look at our grand city. You know, if this guy gets what he wants, he could ruin and destroy the whole world. Right. But it's his, his plan is to have the party defeat this entity because this entity is now, you know, powerful and strong. And then when they do so, he gains that entity's power and, you know, he set up some sort of, you know, maybe we hint at it too a few times throughout the campaign. He's set up some sort of way that when this god dies, their power, their life force or power is like transferred directly into their, you know, like he, you know, he can even save people from dying type secret, right? So like if you kill him, he gains his, you know, um, power and then becomes like the true big bad evil guy. That's probably how I would do it. I mean, I'd have to think about, you know, but I like the idea of this taskmaster hires the group, you know, or becomes one of the people who praises the group for fighting this big bad evil guy and then turns on the, you know, turns on the pantheon and turns on the world himself. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, so I think it would be a fun, it'd be a fun, like, um, it would add reasoning behind a the creation of the system we have in place it would add a little bit of plot twist that you'd have to hint at because that's that's what makes plot twists fun is you know small little hints and you know themes that could you know point to it mm-hmm. and make him a entity that is seemingly innocent but you kind of have to like peel back the layers every once in a while and reveal kind of like small little hints of him being kind of weird to the party because that's what makes a villain really fun a plot twist villain anyways it makes them very very fun so i think then you know the party ends up you know going into the city they experience their first festival blah 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 blah, blah. they meet a bunch of gods they do a bunch of stuff they choose people to worship you know they do a bunch of miscellaneous missions to gain favor and to do stuff like that with the gods. Mm. They start finding out weird different things of like, you know, demons or like devils that have like infiltrated part of the world. They kill them, you know, they start reporting back and then things start getting weird. And they're like, well, why are there demons? You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And then, um, 
as time goes on, they partner with maybe some of the good gods to figure out, you know, why the heck, you know, God number six disappeared, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And yeah. then they eventually figure out that there's this weird creature that's like stealing God energy and God power for, you know, um, and taking the lives of gods and then absorbing them. They figure out which God it is. The task, they go and they have to tell the taskmaster because the taskmaster is the one who brings down the punishment. The taskmaster tasks them and is like, yes, this needs to stop. This is, you know, going to ruin everything that we've worked so hard to create. This, you know, flourishing great society. The party goes and fights him. They kills him. And they go back to the taskmaster and he goes, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You've now unleashed my plan. And then, you know, like city raises from the ground or whatever and demons come pouring out of the hole and start killing and fighting and destroying it gods and he starts absorbing all the energy and the party has to make a mad dash to destroy six different energy sources that are going to transfer to him and if they destroy them all then they can have access to him and they go and fight him and then they win oh, okay hold on <laughs> there you go that was your two minute that was your two minute rundown what if they have to kill innocents oh gosh yeah. wow you just took the took a turn man yeah i did because the innocents are going to start following gods in this moment, in this horrible moment. But because the deal that the gods signed, part of that energy is going to this other, this taskmaster. So, you know, they yeah, have okay. to find, yeah, you know, this is, this is going to sound terrible. They have to find incredibly powerful people that up until this moment were non-believers were they didn't choose a god because they didn't want to give part of their strength to a to a deity and they have to find these individuals and kill them i think it would be fun which would be terrible and this and building off of this i think it'd be fun if you did like a all of the above scenario where you did like a you allowed the party to use their skills and strengths to turn and you know, persuade different groups to join different sides. And depending on how many sides they were able to turn or kill determines how strong the big bad evil guy is at the end. Mm -hmm. So maybe there is a paladin that they have to hunt down and fight and kill, right? To prevent his, you know, cult from joining, right? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe there's a group that the bard persuades and, you know, <laughs> to to join a different god or to abandon their ways of, you know, worshiping this new entity that has arisen, you know. So I think that would be like a fun pseudo few session skill challenge, so to speak, that would add a little bit of longevity to portions of the campaign. That could be really fun, you know, where they have to go hunt down groups or, you know, persuade different groups or, you know, yeah. bribe different groups to do different things. And I think that could be super cool. Um, and then depending on how many groups they, you know, persuade or whatever, you can either A, give the illusion that the big bad evil guy is not as strong as he would have been, <laughs> or you can actually do it, depending on what you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, halfway through the fight, oh, he could have been a whole lot stronger, but you guys did really well in persuading these people, right? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And there's no sarcasm in my voice, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I think that'd be a really fun little end thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess 
what we have to discuss though if we wanted to do this is what was the taskmaster before he was the taskmaster like during world creation was he like creating the world with the gods too was he like fighting he's like we have him fighting like was he creating ravines and mountains with his weapons and like was he a mighty strong god or what was was he a god of deceit was he a you know what was his background because that might also help the party discover such things Mm-hmm. like i think he'd probably i don't know maybe he was some sort of like god of valor who like i mean i know our gods don't really have domains or whatever maybe he was some sort of like god of valor who was struck down and now he's you know done the uh what's the what's the paladin oath that's like where they go full evil after a fall or whatever not oath of vengeance not not obviously not redemption oh, i can't remember but anyways something oath like that where, like, he goes full evil yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, pacifist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I think that's. I think that's. But like you know, maybe something like that where he maybe carved out his own domain, but thanks to the wound he received, he you know fell, and maybe, or maybe he was like a god of like, I don't know, creation or something, and like when he fell, um, he like devised that plan and used his own blood and own power to create these devils and demons and like planted them like seeds yeah for thousands and thousands of years to eventually come back and help him seize his empire yeah i think that would be fun so they defeat this first enemy like you said level 16 yeah i think you have it like broken up into four you have like you know, beginning, I don't know, some beginning monster thing that maybe hints towards, like, maybe a devil or something that they fight, like a low CR devil that they fight, and they're like, why the heck is this here? And then you step it up to, like, the, um, either the bad saint that we created, or, like, the energy stealer guy who, like, stole, I think is the paladin, though. Um, But anyways, he steals the power for the god and gives it to him, or, like, the, you know, when a god dies, he gives the soul to the other god. And then you have them fight the god at, like, level 16, you know, maybe level 17. Um, And then you do, like, the whole chasing around, fighting different groups to prevent them from worshipping the true big bad evil guy from, like, 18 and 19. And then you end at, like, you know, 19 or 20, something around there, fighting the the god. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that. Or, and maybe even you could do, like when this taskmaster arrives certain gods choose to worship him so they have to go fight five different gods and each god has a weapon that corresponds with how the you know the classes so that they can all have this like god weapon and they go and fight with their god weapons against the big bad evil guy you do something like that too which could be fun Mm-hmm. so let's create more personality details of this taskmaster like we we've created the idea of them in a previous one but i don't think they're very fleshed out as like they're if we're gonna make them like a a super big bad evil guy we need to flesh that out a little more like personality wise we already created like pers like history wise who they were and who they are now, as you created that just a few minutes ago, who they were previously. What is their personality now, and why are they fighting so hard to destroy 
the gods and even implement these well, I think... lesser gods as villains. Yeah, well, I think the second question is easier to answer because I think they want to, like, regain the power that they once had before they were, you know, yeah, killed or whatever, right? So before mm-hmm. they were, you know, before they lost the majority of their power. Um, as for personality, I think there's two separate ones. I think the before times, before injury, he was, like, you know, a, a mighty warrior, a, you know, somebody of valor who, you know, sought to create his own dynasty in his own lands right and maybe even was struck down you know um in some sort of war between you know the gotten you know struck down in a war between the gods so i think he was you know valor and honor and you know maybe even like conquest stuff like that um and i think post that i think he becomes more of like a a judge a you know figure of justice who probably plays off a a strong and confident role in vibe um you know more of like a facade than anything else um but i think it's still partially true of like the his old former self so um kind of like a hint of his old self with a new twist of I am the taskmaster type thing. And then you would, in order to like show that he's, you know, you'd have to show it with hints of like deception. So maybe like, you know, there's a point where one of the gods feels like they've been, you know, cheated out of power or whatever. And that the taskmaster took too much or something like that. But he is thought of as like a crazy God, or he's thought of thought of as like a, you know, you know, or maybe it's the god of lies and deceit who says such a thing. So, you know, it's like a boy who cried wolf, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So you'd probably have to do something like that. But, you know, he would just be your outstanding, you know, judge type figure, I think, is what you'd probably want to play him as. Yeah. Or even maybe he has like a harsh a harsh rule that seems a little unjust for the, for the current, you know, the pun- the punishment didn't quite fit the crime type stuff maybe as well. That would kind of just slowly hint at there's something a little bit different about him. Um, you could also give him like two personal guards that are like clad in armor, but nobody's ever seen what they look like on the outside, like on the inside of that armor. <laughs> you know, like just give him some like mysterious figures that follow him around, you know, mm-hmm. just like, you know, shroud him in a little bit of mystery that people don't quite understand. Yeah. But I think too, relatively, I don't think he's. Again, he's not really known by culture because he doesn't really, you know, have any worshipers. He gains his power from the other gods. So, you know, I think his first reveal, you know, mid-campaign or whatever, is probably going to be a kind of a surprise because I don't think he's going to be talked about, like, at all um, throughout most of the campaign because he's, again, he's just not a a figure that's out in front of the world, right? So I think that's probably going to be a little bit of a surprise, you know, but... In the end, I think, you know, you would you would hint at it at the beginning that there's some sort of taskmaster or judge or whatever, or, you know, there would be stories of, uh, you know, ancient texts or whatever of a huge battle where a god fell and was never seen again or whatever. So, you know, <laughs> that could be interesting. And then the, the formation of the, you know, current system was created. So 
you know, that kind of stuff that just slowly hints at this Taskmaster. There's a Taskmaster. It's kind of a surprise, but like, oh, yeah, maybe that's the case because it's been hinted at a lot. So, you know, I think that's probably what you'd want to do. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, I think this will do for episode 97. 97. Dang. Dungeoneered. What a time to be alive. You have 97 episodes of Dungeoneered to go through. Oh, well, that's a lot of content. That's a lot of content. That's a lot of content. Well, thank you all for listening. And if you listen to us on any podcasting apps, with ratings and reviews, we'd love if you write a review. Let us know what you think about the show. It really helps show that uh, you're engaging with the show in more ways than just one. and kind of helps the uh, app promote us a little more. Um, if... Uh, you want to write to us, you can write to us at dungeoneered at hotmail.com. We'd love to hear from you if you have ideas for topics, lukewarm opens. Uh, I just want to talk about something interesting that we made, interesting that you made and you put in, or, or something interesting that we made and you put in your world. Whatever it is, we'd love to hear it. We love talking to fans. Um, anything you can add there, Aaron? Nope, nothing from me. Cool. Well... As I always say, always remember to be the sharpest barrel in the bunch. See you next time. Bye. I win. <laughs> Bye.